Greetings, listeners. I hope y'all are doing okay what with all this quarantine tomfoolery going on. If you're feeling scared of catching that there coronavirus, I just want you to know that you're always welcome in Dog Snout County. You see, the radiation levels are so high in these parts that viruses tend to just burn up in the atmosphere. Our little town is like one big old microwave, and we're just sitting here defrosting. So, you can rest assured that you'll be safe in the confines of Dog Snout County. Uh, at least from the coronavirus. Can't guarantee that you'll be exempt from being eaten alive by bloodthirsty cannibals here in town. And truth be told, because I like to keep things honest between us, uh, the townsfolk are the ones who actually suggested that I invite you to Dog Snout County under the guise of amnesty. They thought the coronavirus would be a good opportunity to bring some fresh meat into town. And I don't mean that in the figure of speech kind of way. I mean, you come here and you'll most likely end up as cutlets in the freezer of a dog snout resident. So, I guess it comes down to which way you want to go out. You want to go out dying from a virus? Or you want to go out the rectum of a cannibal after being converted into fecal matter? Your call. I'm Squatch Ronson, and you're listening to a special quarantine edition of the Backwoods Radio Show. We got cannibal children and mutilators, razor blade candy and human skin traders. So please come on down and be the lucky ball bearer for discarded guts from bloody Wendigo terrors right here. heard tell of Dog Snout County's immunity to the virus, the CDC sent out a group of their top scientific minds to investigate our happy little town. As you can imagine, seeing a group of government workers clad in hazmat suits step foot on Dog Snout soil did not go over well with Dog Snout residents. The scientists were promptly murdered and impaled on massive pikes before being displayed out on the outskirts of town serving as a warning to the U.S. government of what would happen if they were to continue poking around in private Dog Snout County business. Look, I know killing a bunch of scientists might interfere with curing this thing, but you gotta understand, we just can't have government agencies impeding on our God-given rights, namely the right to bear arms, human arms specifically, which we use to make large freestanding effigies that help scare off the sinister creatures that prowl around the streets come nightfall. But as a sign of good faith, to make up for murdering a group of the top scientific minds that are, or uh, were, trying to find a cure for this thing, Dog Snout County has come together to help fight the coronavirus on your behalf. I know it might surprise you to hear that we cannibals are very concerned with the well-being of the American people, but you gotta look at it from our perspective. If this here virus were to wipe out the population, then shoot, we ain't gonna have any people left to eat. And then we'd have to start eating each other. 
which would likely lead to another outbreak of mad cannibal disease like the one we had back in 93. Point is, Dog Snout County is doing its part to make this quarantine a little bit easier on you, to ensure that we have plenty of fresh souls to feast on for the foreseeable future. And I think you'll be very impressed with some of the programs we put into place. King Pork just might be the MVP, most valuable pig, of this whole pandemic and is truly given it his all to help combat the coronavirus. Having heard the horror stories surrounding the shortages of face masks, the flamboyant swine king has put his own selfish needs aside, and rather than decapitating pigs to make masks out of their heads and hoarding said masks for himself, he has begun distributing them across America. On an average week, King Pork scouts the local pig farms and decapitates maybe six pigs at most in a seven-day window. But in the past month, King Pork has stepped up his game and has mutilated a whopping 2,000 pigs. And so far, he has generously donated hundreds of his trademark pig face face masks to countless hospitals across the nation. And beyond that, an innumerable amount of American civilians were treated with a surprise this week after discovering blood-soaked packages sitting on their doorsteps. Now, I've had my handy-dandy little police scanner by me all week, and judging by the flood of 911 calls received by law enforcement across the country recently, specifically calls pertaining to folks receiving boxes filled with severed pig heads in the mail, I would wager that King Pork has distributed more than 700 masks nationwide and he has no intention of stopping anytime soon. But King Pork ain't the only one doing his part to beat this thing. A number of other residents have begun devoting their invaluable time and energy to address this crisis head-on as well. owner of Hank's Child Farm, has selflessly donated dozens of his rabid, feral children to medical establishments across the globe for experimentation. Now, I know it might seem unethical to test preliminary drugs on children, but you gotta remember that these little hellions are already infected with the rabies, so it's not as if they're in tip-top health as it is. Heck, a little medical attention might do them some good. Of course, it's no secret that Hank's rabid feral children can be quite vicious and have been known to tear out a grown man's jugular with their little razor-sharp teeth. So I'm not sure how successful the tests are going to be, quite honestly. I wouldn't be surprised to find that soon as the doctor pricks one of those little devils with a needle, that kid will chew right through whatever's keeping them bound to that there hospital bed and proceed to tear those doctors limb from limb. But. That's how come they got their fancy medical degree. If they can't handle reattaching their own limbs after having them torn off by a feral child, well then, how are we supposed to trust them with developing a vaccine? Am I right? Mayor Mama has been generously donating her precious breast milk to mothers that are unable to get their hands on baby formula due to the recent shortages. Of course, it is worth mentioning that Mayor Mama's breast milk is infused with pure alcohol, as she does maintain a steady diet that consists solely of tequila and whiskey, but I don't see any harm in that. A little booze never hurt no baby. You can't get fetal alcohol syndrome if you're already out of the womb, right? Plus. The alcohol in the breast milk should help soothe the gums of teething infants. So really, 
the milk serves a dual purpose. It's a win-win. No more starving kids and no more crying babies. Mothers can rest easy knowing their little darlings are nestled safe in the luscious bosom of Mayor Mama. And then how could we forget Necro Nancy? The ethereal undead entrepreneur with the power to reanimate? Nancy has been working closely with Barber Dr. Waylon Walker down at Barber Dr. Waylon Walker's Barbershop Bonesaw Emporium to create a vaccine for the virus. Nancy has been allowing Walker to inject her with a plethora of serums, tirelessly sacrificing herself over and over again, enduring an endless string of agonizing deaths as the experimental drugs ravage her immortal body. So far, Nancy has tested 123 potential vaccines and has died 124 times. Uh, that extra death was due to an incident in which Barber Dr. Wayland Walker got frustrated over the failed vaccines and bludgeoned Nancy with an old croquet mallet. But the two have remained amicable and have resumed with their trials. Nancy has stated that she is prepared to die as many times as it takes until they discover a viable vaccine. But Barber Dr. Waylon Walker ain't the only fellow working on a vaccine. Yours truly has been dabbling with his own experiments right here at the radio station. That's right, good old Uncle Squatch has started dipping his toe into the vaccine race as well. What I've been doing is sneaking into hospitals, snatching up folks from the COVID wings, shoving them into duffel bags, and hauling them on down to Dog Snout County where I then add them to the collection of interns that I store in my cellar. I make sure to keep them all butt up against each other to ensure that each and every one of them becomes infected with the virus. Once I had a good amount of test subjects on hand, that's when I started experimenting on them. First, I took some interns that were infected and sewed them together with others who had become immune to the virus. I was hoping that the antibodies from the immunized intern would merge with the cells of the infected one, thus making them both immune, but unfortunately, their bodies didn't play nice with one another and they got all gangrenous and died of sepsis. So I tried a different approach. I took some DNA out of a couple of bats, cause you know, the virus supposedly comes from bats, and I injected the infected with some bat blood. To my surprise, it actually turned them into vampires. And as you know, vampires are immortal. So I thought, shoot, this just might be the answer. But unfortunately, while the test subjects did indeed become immortal, so too did the virus. So now, I got a bunch of immortal vampires in my basement that are perpetually dying of COVID-19, doomed to suffocate in their own lung fluid for all eternity. But I felt like I was on the right track. So instead of using the bat's blood, I thought, what if I use another bodily fluid? That's when I started feeding my interns bat shit. And while they didn't turn into vampires this time around, they did contract rabies. And since they're too old to send down to Hank's child farm for rabid feral children, I had to take them out back and give them the old yeller treatment. While my experiments have been unsuccessful thus far, I do have some other promising tricks up my sleeve. I'm planning on injecting them with microdoses of cyanide to try and kill the virus, and I'm also thinking that I might rip their lungs out and replace them with feminine douchebags. I figure they can't contract a lung disease if they ain't got any lungs, you know? We'll see how things go. 
I'll be sure to keep you in the loop. And last on our list of Good Samaritans, but certainly not least, is Elijah Blaine. Elijah is the founder of the Plasma Pool, the radioactive pool of goo out in the woods where families go to bond together by dipping into the pool and literally fusing together into one entity. Whereas King Pork's aim was to create masks to protect the uninfected, Elijah is working directly with the infected to try and slow the spread of the virus. This past week, Elijah converted the plasma pool into a safe space for those infected with COVID-19 to gather so that they can be quarantined safely without posing a threat to their loved ones. But he's not simply corralling the infected into one place like a bunch of pigs in a pen. No, Elijah's smarter than that. He's actually got quite a nifty operation going on that could potentially slow the spread of the virus dramatically. The idea is that if we take all of the infected and throw them into the plasma pool together, that they'll fuse together into one big old lump of infected flesh. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Isn't that kind of counterintuitive, Squatch? After all, we are supposed to be practicing social distancing, keeping away from our neighbors and whatnot, and fusing people together with their neighbors seems like the complete opposite of social distancing. I know, on the surface, it might seem nonsensical, but in actuality, it's quite genius when you break it down. See, rather than having 20 people branching off all over the place in different directions, each infecting two to three people and thereby accelerating the spread of the virus, you take those people and you fuse them all together into one massive organic mound of human beings, thereby creating one big infected person and eliminating 19 carriers in the process, thus lowering the number of potential infectious persons. In all seriousness here, I think what Elijah has done just might be the most innovative approach in the race to combat COVID-19. Hopefully the CDC catches wind of the good work we're doing here, forgives us for murdering their scientists, and convinces the FDA to approve the plasma pool as a viable means of treatment. Watch out Dr. Fauci, looks like Elijah Blaine is gunning for your position as chief medical advisor to the American people. Now, some scientists are speculating that as summer rolls around the corner, the warm weather just might help temper this virus, just as it tends to do with the flu. And if that's the case, the warm weather can't come soon enough. Let's head over to everyone's favorite half-man, half-alligator weather mutant, Gator Gary, to see what the forecast is looking like. <laughs> for today is 350 degrees Fahrenheit, with a low for tonight of 349 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, I'm sure you're wondering why Dogsnout County is experiencing such sweltering heat in the midst of spring. Well, you see, friends, when we heard that all of you were struggling with the coronavirus and that the virus could possibly be diminished by warm weather, we started brainstorming some ways in which we could help the summertime arrive a little faster. And then we remembered that we have a perfectly good hell portal laying dormant right here beneath Dogsnow County. So, 
We decided to open it up and unleash the flames of hell upon the world. As of now, the heat doesn't seem to be venturing too far out of the boundaries of Dogsnow County. But we are doing our best to enrage the devil with the hopes of stoking the fire, which would in turn spread the heat to the rest of America. So far, we've tried urinating into the hell portal, throwing crucifixes into it, and have even taken pictures of Satan in the nude. We took the photos down to Chive Mind, the only resident in Dogsnow County who has a computer, and had him photoshop Satan's wiener to make it look like he has a tiny little micropenis. We have handed out the photos to numerous Dogsnow residents who are now picketing around the hell portal, chanting the phrase, Satan has a chode on repeat. Unfortunately, our attempts don't seem to be working as planned. While the devil is clearly incensed, the flames of hell don't appear to be growing at all. Instead, the devil has unleashed a horde of demons upon Dogsnout County, and those demons have started venturing out into the rest of America, where they have begun slaughtering countless civilians. Though, on the bright side, as the demons rampage across North America, perhaps some of the people that they are slaughtering are infected with COVID-19. In which case, the demons just might be inadvertently helping to put a stop to the spread of this terrible virus. But don't worry friends, we have already proceeded onward to plan B. As Squatch mentioned earlier, we here in Dogsnout County seem to be immune to the virus, and that appears to be due to the mass amounts of radiation that pollute the air here in town. Bagman had the brilliant idea of blowing up one of our nuclear reactors in the hopes that it might create a nuclear fallout that would blanket the United States in a warm, snuggly barrier of radioactivity. Bagman rigged up one of the reactors in town with C4 explosives and blew it to smithereens. The demolition went quite well and the nuclear fallout appears to be spreading at a steady pace. So just be patient folks because it's only a matter of time before the skeletons of you and your loved ones are imbued with radioactivity. Of course, there may be some adverse side effects that can be expected. If you find that your cranium is rapidly expanding to the size of a Honda Civic, or that your children have suddenly sprouted tentacles, just take comfort in knowing that these mutations signify that the radiation is taking effect and that you'll be immune to the coronavirus in no time. Thanks, Gary. As you can see, folks, we here in Dogsnout County are doing our damnness to put our viral immunity to good use and have been working tirelessly to contribute to the healing of the American people. 
and we hope that by showing our selflessness and single-handedly destroying this virus, that maybe the world just might come around to seeing bloodthirsty cannibals in a new light. Perhaps this will be the dawn of a new day for Dogsnow County, the birth of a new era, an era where residents will be able to live peaceful lives, slaughtering innocent civilians without a care in the world without the dark cloud of federal persecution hanging over our heads. In a perfect world, the American people will start sending human sacrifices our way willingly as a token of their gratitude. Hey, a cannibal can dream, can he? Now, we're going to take a little break here, but stick around, because when we return... We'll be showcasing a local business here in Dogsnout County who is changing its entire operation to put healthy, nutritious food on the kitchen tables of the American people. In the meantime, here's a little ditty I got queued up for you that felt especially appropriate for the occasion. This is Quarantine Queen by Grass Kingdoms. She's my quarantine queen. There's no in between. Quarantine Queen by Grass Kingdoms from his timely new album titled Letters from the Lockdown. You can find more of Grass Kingdoms music on Spotify and follow him on social media at Grass Kingdoms. Uh, before the break, I told y'all we were going to showcase a local business here in Dogsnout County that is going the extra mile to ensure that no American 
will go hungry during this pandemic. And that business is none other than Dog Snout County's favorite place to feast on human flesh, the one and only Bludgeony Buffet. Since the dawn of man, dinner time has always been a sacred tradition, a time for the family to gather around the table and bond with one another, telling their loved ones about their day, reminiscing about old times. But now that most restaurants have shuttered their doors, the grocery store shelves have been left barren by the Karens of the world, the dining room table has become less a place of love and harmony, and more so a harbinger of anxiety and fear. The fear that you won't be able to put food on the table for your family. And we just can't have that. And that's why the Bludgeony Buffet has created the Squeals on Wheels program. Here at the Bludgeon Eat Buffet, we have always prided ourselves on being the only buffet in the country that not only serves human flesh, but also allows our patrons to kill their food themselves. And now, we're taking the Bludgeon Eat Buffet experience to the kitchen of the American people. Of course, we do understand that not everybody in America is a cannibal and Many might find the idea of slaughtering another human being as a means for dinner to be quite morbid, taboo even, but beggars can't be choosers. And if there's any time to start eating your neighbors, it's during a global pandemic. Every week we'll be delivering fresh human flesh to the doorsteps of hundreds of families in need. And we guarantee that your dinner will still be warm when we arrive. Because here at the Bludgeony Buffet, we believe that the only true way to ensure a fresh meal is to keep that meal alive, bound and gagged, until you decide to kill it. Hence why we're calling it the Squeals on Wheels program, because your dinner will still be kicking and squealing when it arrives at your humble abode. Our team members will show up at your scheduled dinner time with your victims of choice in tow, and we'll even set them up on your kitchen table for you. Now, we do recommend that you lay a tablecloth down beforehand, as your dinner will most likely soil itself once you start whacking it over the head with a hammer. Not only will the Bludgeony Buffet provide you with the highest quality of human victims available on the black market, but we're also including kill kits as well, free of charge, because we want y'all to have the full Bludgeony Buffet experience. Each kill kit contains an assortment of hammers to fit your style, whether you want to go the route that Jack Torrance took in the inferior book version of The Shining and whale on him with a mallet, or if you want to channel your inner Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and use a humble carpenter's hammer to perform your slaughter, the Bludgeony Buffet is sure to oblige. And of course, the Kill Kit will contain an assortment of different sized hammers, some big ones for the parents, and some little tack hammers so the kids can join in on the fun as well. Here at the Bludgeony Buffet, we believe that dinner time is the most important meal of the day when it comes to family. And now, more than ever, it's of the utmost importance for families to come together. And we know firsthand that nothing brings a family closer together than colluding to cover up a murder, disposing of a body, and harboring that secret till you take it to your grave. Because... As the saying goes, a family that kills together 
stays together. Absolutely heartwarming. The Bludgeonee Buffet is truly doing the Lord's work right now. Now, we're nearing the end of the show, folks. But before I sign off for the day, I still gotta give you the trailer. Folks, I've just received some unsettling news. Despite King Port's philanthropic efforts, it appears that his pig face face masks are causing quite a stir. As it would seem, the masks themselves appear to be contaminated with an even deadlier disease. According to this report, King Pork was first inspired to start this whole operation after watching a news program that talked about the benefits of face masks, in which it stated that N95 masks are ideal for blocking the virus and that N100 masks are even better. When King Pork heard the term N100, something clicked inside his head. He felt as if he had heard that term before. The thing is, King Pork has the brain of a three-year-old and while he is fluent in pig Latin, his English is mediocre at best. King Pork confused the term N100 with H1N1, otherwise known as swine flu, and you guessed it, he specifically sought out and decapitated pigs that were infected with the swine flu. And judging by the amount of swine flu infected masks King Pork has mailed out so far, we just might be in for a whole nother pandemic coming our way. Just great. Now we're going to become scapegoats for the American government. You know, you try to put your cannibalistic tendencies aside and help out the nation for the greater good, and uh, you just end up making matters worse. So much for being heralded as the heroes of this pandemic. Guess we won't be gifted American civilians as sacrificial tribute for our efforts after all. <sighs> Christ. The feds are going to crack down on us hard for this one. Especially poor, feeble-minded King Pork. Which is a real shame, honestly. Sure, he may have made matters worse by starting a whole other pandemic while we're in the midst of an unprecedented one already, but God damn it, America was in dire need of masks and King Pork stepped up to the plate. And for that, the government should be kissing his feet which uh, he keeps in a shoebox under his bed as he recently amputated his feet and duct tape pig hooves to his bloody ankles in their place. Now, we're just about at the end of the show, friends. But before I clock out for the day, here's a quick traffic update. The only road in our one-road town is currently in the midst of a huge traffic jam with no signs of letting up anytime soon. The gridlock in question was caused after a sizable group of American expatriates caught wind of Dogsnout County's immunity to the coronavirus and decided to migrate down here for the safety of their families. Of course, when the cannibals in town spotted a horde of fresh meat rolling into Dogsnout County, they promptly exited their vehicles and began disemboweling the expats, kicking off an impromptu town-wide dinner party in the middle of Main Street. The shame of all of this is that these poor civilians who fled the confines of their homes in search of a better, safer life very well may have survived the pandemic had they just stayed home. Shoot, they probably wouldn't have even contracted the virus at all. And now, 
they're all dead. But on the bright side, it doesn't look like Dogsnout County will be running out of fresh human meat anytime soon. Well, listeners, that should just about do it for today's episode. I've been Squatch Ronson, and you've been one heck of an audience. But before I go, here's a bit of advice. Do your best to stay safe and healthy, but don't live in fear. Humanity has endured countless pandemics throughout history, and we've survived them all. Because that's what we do. We endure these hardships that Mother Nature throws our way. We fight tooth and nail, and we prevail every time. So friends, don't fear the coronavirus. We will defeat this horrible infection, and we will survive. Just take comfort in knowing that while this virus may seem scary now, there's always an even scarier, more deadly pandemic right around the corner. The Backwoods Radio Show is produced by me, Michael LaRusso, featuring music this week by Grass Kingdoms. If you like the podcast, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to share it with your friends who also have a fucked up sense of humor. As always, thanks for listening. Baby, we'll